about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states hundreds of atms and mobile and online banking services you're always in touch with your money learn more at greatsouthernbank.com member fdic other sponsors that we're grateful for and hand-picked include highland dairy craig lehman with shelter insurance bill grant ford in bolivar story construction west logging greg and melinda burnett and springfield yard cards and we'll talk about them throughout the show uh, we have a great show. Before we get to our show tonight, though, I want to talk a little bit about um, our last show. Um, I had a lot of fun with these gentlemen that were in the studio with us. Ed Story, Dave McCoy, a 90-year-old and 91-year-old record-holding athletes in the Show Me Games and the Senior State Games. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> they were impressive. And Dave Fox was with us. He's the executive director of the Show Me State Games. And these two gentlemen and their workouts and the routines um, it, it is so impressive and what they do and, and just the passion that they have for a healthy lifestyle um, at their age and, and, and their message was very inspiring. So check them out. If you want to listen to it, you can go to a coachesperspective.com. You can also listen to it on Apple iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify, Verbal, or it is now on Helium Satellite Radio. So tonight we are going to be talking a little baseball. And baseball is our platform, but we're also going to be talking a little bit about starting a brand new program from scratch and locally greenwood laboratory school did just that with the spring sport of baseball and so they are going to do it again with the sport of volleyball in the fall so adding two sports in a year um, is quite a task Um, but the first one up was baseball first one up to the plate no pun intended was baseball right so joining us tonight we're going to discuss the logistics of a first year program coach chris adams welcome to the show hi thanks coach I'm glad to have you here, and I'm, I'm excited to kind of pick your brain on what it was like to have the first season of baseball. I mean, your resume is full of accolades in baseball. Um, you know, having coaching stops at, at Ashland and Nevada and Carthage. Um, you also were the head instructor for Mickey Owens Baseball School. You've received multiple Coach of the Year honors. You've received, uh, you have coached multiple drafted players. You were an honor, All-American, honorable mention as well at Missouri Southern. And, and also, this is one of the things that we're going to talk a little bit about later. You were a professional scout for the Texas Rangers. And so baseball is kind of in your blood. It, it was for a very, very long time. And uh, I actually turned to something else, and that something else was just straight uh, teaching. And that's how I ended up at Greenwood. Well, you, you know, you, were, you even uh, did a little coaching in Puerto Rico, and you came to Greenwood. And, and you are a very popular teacher at Greenwood. I can attest to that. Um, you, and you teach some very um, high-level classes. You teach anatomy and physiology and some biomedical sciences and engineering. And when Greenwood started baseball, as a little a little bit of a history, um, we, we hired a coach at Greenwood, and um, John Hartley, and he was unable, you know, with about two weeks left, he, was a, he had to step away for health reasons. And so, you know, we came to you and said, you want to step up to the plate. You hadn't coached for 17 years, and... We asked if you would take over the Greenwood baseball program. Well, what was your first thought and 
remember to keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, Coach Harley was the obvious choice. If he wanted a job, that was you know a terrific choice. Hall of Fame coach, and uh, you know no one's going to have as good a resume as he does. And uh, so, excellent choice. And and he actually had some meetings in my room, and so I got a chance to see uh, some of the players walk in and and uh, you know that type of thing. So I I kind of knew who was going to start coming out uh, for baseball. But then some things happen with Coach, and and, uh, and then all of a sudden I get thrown into the mix, I guess, because it was two <laughs> weeks before the first practice. And uh, you guys gave me the weekend to think about it, so I talked to some people I trusted, and uh, you know they, they all said basically the same thing with asking, why are you, why are you going to do this? <laughs> you why, do you, why do you want to do this? And uh, it turns out, turns out to be a very, very good decision I made and, and had a lot of fun this year. Well, it was a great decision on the part of Greenwood as well because um, you did things right from the very beginning. Um, and one of the things that you did well is you, you hired a great staff. And, and um, I want to introduce Coach Tim Williams now. We're glad to have you here. You have your own list of accolades, um, and it's only an hour show, so I've got to give just the, the highlights, you know. But you, you know, you are also an all, all American, and, and you all were roommates, correct? So yes. we really ought to yes. just turn this into giving us some stories on each other. <laughs> I, I know but nothing because I was always at the library. Yeah, PG, PG show, though. <laughs> But you also, you know, you, you played, um, uh, in, in, you were very successful in, in your college career as well. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, everybody around, you know, here loves is that you also signed a professional contract with the Kansas City Royals in 1987. You had an injury that kind of forced you into retirement. But then you began, you know, working a lot of baseball camps in Florida and Arizona for the Mickey Owen Baseball School. Um, but, you know, getting that phone call from Chris Adams, your former college roommate um, and your your baseball buddy from way back, and says, "Hey, I'm taking over a baseball program. We're starting it from scratch. Greenwood's never had baseball. Are you in?" What was your first thought? <laughs> you know, a, a little history with Chris was I uh, when I finished up at Crowder, I went to a, a college in Florida uh, and didn't make my grades, uh, which you know make your grades if you're in school. Uh, but I called Chris and said, look, I'm looking for a place to play. And, and he was instrumental in getting me into Missouri Southern. And, and uh, I got to know him as a player, uh, what kind of player he was in college. Uh, so when he called me, I, I owed him for a very long time for helping me out at that point. Uh, so he gave me a call. And, and after, after I found out he wasn't, he wasn't playing a joke on me, uh, I said, you bet, let's let's – Let's take it and run with it and see what we can do. Yeah, and it's nice to, to be back on the diamond, isn't it? It's fun. It, yeah. It's fun. And, it uh, you know, the, the boys we had make it made it really easy for us, too. So. That's nice. Well, and speaking of the diamond, you're the home course, this, or excuse me, home course, yeah, the home field this year um, was at Barnhouse. And Travis Ricci, you um, have owned Barnhouse, you know, since 2013. Um, you also have a couple of sons that are playing on the team. Um, and you joined the staff this year. Tell us a little bit about, first off, you know, what was it like to be able to host at Barnhouse um, a school's first historical season? And, and then also tell us a little bit about what it was like to coach your boys. Well, I knew right from the beginning when I was asked if uh, uh, Barnhouse was, could be considered as a home field that I wanted it to be, you know, the home field for Greenwood and a new program. And uh, I can't even talk about how uh, 
important it was for me to have my kids be able to play their high school games on my field. So uh, it's just been unbelievable. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And and Trenton and Kennison did a great job this year playing, and it, it, it had to be a lot of fun to be able to be out there with them as they were playing in their first season. And if we get hired back, he'll have a third one on the team. Oh, that's right. That is true. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, and you're under contract negotiations, I'm sure. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> well, I think that's wonderful, and I know that it was a, a great um, home field for Greenwood, and, and they enjoyed playing there. Um, but you know, it, in order to start a baseball team, you, you gotta have some players, right? You gotta have some players. And we have a couple of those players that are here with us today. We have, um, senior Tommy Penninger and we have freshman Chance Rose. Welcome to the show, you guys. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having us on. Let's, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna start with the freshmen. Um, you know, you, Chance, you have been playing baseball, I think, since you could walk. And you have always loved this game. You've always enjoyed it. Um, you know, and, and it's, we didn't have baseball. And you have always kind of given a push, you know, to the administration and to anybody that would listen. We need baseball. We need baseball. We need baseball. Um, your mother, Abby Rose, was a big um, supporter of trying to get baseball in it at Greenwood. Um, what does this sport mean to you? Why do you like it so much? I mean, I've been playing it since I was like four and T-ball. I just love it so much because... Just like the team and what you can kind of put together, and it's always like a team thing. And another thing I liked about it is that you always had to put the ball over the plate. You couldn't, like, dribble the clock out or run the time. You always had a chance to, like, put it. Well, I think that's a great point because because you, you there's not a clock. You've got to play. Um, you've got to make sure that you're putting it into play in order to finish the game. And I think that's a that's an excellent point. Um, what's something that you do in this sport that, um, that, that I guess gives you a rush or gets you pumped up? Is it catching a pop fly? Is it hitting, you know, hitting a base hit? Is it hitting a home run? What, what is it something that you love about playing this game? Uh, just hitting every single time. I didn't hit any home runs this year as Coach Williams always makes fun of me for, but. (laughs) That's called character building. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, just every time you step up to the plate, it's just like a rush. You always think about what you got to do. Always look at the outfielders, look at the infield, got to see where you put the ball. Always think about what pitch is coming next. So I just kind of like just hitting and really just the inside battle of between the hitter and the pitcher and just what's inside the game versus what people really see. And, you, you know, you play first base. You also got to pitch a little bit. Yeah. And, and I'm going to ask Coach Adams, you know, you had a lot of leaders on this team. You had some upperclassmen. Um, but Chance was one of your leaders, and he and you had a freshman uh, that was one of your leaders. How how did that work out for you? A lot of coaches uh, would be nervous. You know, very, with the very good. Yeah, very good. First of all, you know, Chance enjoys the game because he's pretty darn good at it. And you know, one thing, if you're good at something, you're going to enjoy it a lot more. And baseball is one of these things. That I think we'll get into the mental part of it a little bit here later on. But you know, baseball is a very frustrating sport. It can be. You got to deal with failure. Uh, Chance. You know, was a 600 hitter, so he didn't fail a whole lot uh, at the plate. But, you know, he's also one of these guys that had some experience. Uh, he has some travel team experience. Uh, he knew some of the things ab- about the game, just the basics on how to carry yourself and, you know, how, how to do some things right as far as warming up and everything else. So, you know, we we had to ask him to be a leader because we didn't have a whole lot of those guys there. We We had... You know, several guys that had, you know, not played Little League. Uh, We've had, you know, we had to buy, you know, 
four or five guys baseball gloves. Actually, we didn't buy them. The Springfield Cardinals uh, donated the gloves to us. So, so we had to have that type of leadership from these guys that have uh, you know that experience. And it, it is hard. I mean, any high school team, you, you're going to have a spectrum. You're going to have kids that, that have the hopes of maybe playing at the next level to kids that just want an extra picture in the yearbook. And so being able to put all of that together, that takes, um, that takes a lot of time. Um, you know, we're going to also talk with Tommy Pinniger, who is a senior on the team. And, um, and I want to, I want to talk with Tommy a little bit, uh, about also playing two sports this spring. You know, in a small school, sometimes, um, athletes double up. And um, first of all, you also play golf, and I want to congratulate Greenwood and their, their boys' golf team. They got third in the state yesterday, um, and you did very well being in the top 25. So first of all, Tommy, welcome to the show, and congratulations on your golf performance. Thank you. appreciate it. I'm very, very pleased with that. Um, you, had, you had some nice teammates, um, Zach Bailey and Ethan um, Newberry, along with Matthew Whitworth, and you all had a nice showing there. But then after you were finished with state golf, you jump in the car and you race to play in a district championship for baseball. And this is a sport that you haven't been playing your whole life. <laughs> you know, you are, you are a, a true blue. Anybody in the sports area has heard of Tommy Pinniger and that you are a basketball player. And, you know, you're going to Missouri State to play basketball. And so you decide to step out on the diamond your senior year. Why? What motivated you to do that? Well, probably the biggest reason is this kid sitting next to me right here. <laughs> and I felt like I just really owed him for everything he's ever done for me, just always uh, rebounding for me if I ever need to for basketball. Anything I ever needed for anything I ever needed uh, from him in basketball, he was there. If I needed my water on the bench, he was right there for me. Um, <laughs> and uh, just anything, he's just always been there. If I needed to practice against somebody, um, I mean, he was there. Just I, mean, I felt like I really owed it to him. And um, I know they didn't really have enough players, and I just really – uh, wanted him to have a team, so. And he's not—he's not just a friend. You want to tell everybody? How no, this is my—this is my little cousin. So. Yeah, <laughs> little cousin. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yes, but he is growing pretty fast. I don't know how long he'll be. He'll be a younger cousin always. <laughs> he, he won't. He won't be bigger than me. So. <laughs> there we go. Good. All right. Well, we're gonna—we're gonna take our first break and show some gratitude to our sponsors and. We're so happy to have you all in the studio talking Greenwood baseball today and starting a brand new program from scratch. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks again to Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. a coach's perspective this segment is sponsored by highland dairy highland dairy is owned by dairy farmers and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938 hey it's a proven fact from scientific studies professional dietitians the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk and highland dairy has the best tasting chocolate and they're proud sponsor of a coach's perspective and we appreciate greg stevenson and all of his teammates over at highland dairy so we're talking Greenwood baseball. Uh, this is a program that started for the very first time. Greenwood has never had baseball. And this was uh, the season that, that was historical. We have Chris Adams here. We have Coach Tim Williams. We have Travis Ricci. We have Tommy Pinniger. And we have Chance Rose. And, and Coach Adams, I, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, when you're starting a brand-new program and you've got kids that, you know, have played, like Chance, who is, you know, a veteran player, even as a freshman, um, and you've got – 
players that have never played that you had to, you know, buy gloves for, get gloves for that. What is that, you know, what are those, pra- those first few practices like being able to mesh those two skill levels? It, it was actually very difficult. Uh, <laughs> we, we had, we had kids that, uh, you know, we had to go from the very, very beginning as far as teaching how to catch and throw and, uh, basically every practice early was a little league type practice. And, you know, we also have a checklist. I have a checklist of uh, items that should we should be covering before the first game. And I think we threw that checklist away after the first, after the first week because we, we realized that we, in a lot of cases, so far behind. And, yeah, we had some good players, but we also had some players that we had to catch up very, very quickly. And so when, when that happened, uh, and, and, and you, you've said program. We t- actually talked about this today a little bit. We completed our first season. Right. And we actually think our f- program is starting today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost last night. So now we're starting to talk about a summer team, a summer program. And, and I think, just going from season number one into that summer into season, I think that is part going to be a big part of our program. Uh, but the improvements that some of these guys have made from day one to yesterday have been remarkable as far as just uh, improving their skills, throwing, catching, hitting. Uh, you know, we turned the machine up to 85 the other day and uh, just to try to get some velocity on a pitch because Tim and I, can no longer do that. <laughs> so, uh, but we turned the machine up to a high velocity and, you know, the first round was a little iffy, but the, by the time we ended, every one of them was putting the ball in play and hitting the ball. So, uh, I, th- I think the whole season was like that with improvements that were made from, you know, the, the, even the, the best players to the, uh, the players that needed a lot of help. They, they made a lot of improvements. Well, in, in talking about, you know, just fundamental skills, um, you know, you, it was challenging for you and it was difficult for you to, to kind of step in and start from the bare basics, yes. But the players, when asked them, how's baseball going? It's so fun. It's so fun. Tell us, um, how did how'd you teach them to slide? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's one thing. When uh, we got together as a coaching staff, we kind of threw the conventional rules out as far as, uh, hey, you know, just be at practice if you can. If not, we'll work around it. And, and, uh, you know, I can, I consider sliding practice as something that we had to cover because it was a safety issue. Right. You know, if, if we get into the game and they have to slide, I don't want them getting hurt and we couldn't afford them to get hurt. So, uh, day, day number one on sliding practice was basically a slip and slide with, uh, <laughs> a lot of is a tarp with a lot of soap and a lot of water. <laughs> and they had helmets on, and I think we had several of them that wanted to keep going and going and going right. <laughs> on that slip and slide until they got it right, and and you know then we progressed on to something else the next day. But it was a lot of fun. I was very creative, very creative um, slip and slide. I think that's a that's a great way to learn how to slide. Um, you know, we we were talking before the break with with Tommy Pinniger, and and here you have a senior that's never really played before, and. And he decides to to come out and and be on the baseball team his senior year, um, which I think was was very good um, for him. And not only just because you know he, I mean, he also you know played golf, but to be able to take a break from his main sport and to play a sport like baseball, 
Um, what did he do to, to the team? You know, first of all, I appreciate Coach T for allowing that to happen, uh, sharing uh, athletes, golfers. And Tommy ended up with, I guess, you know, Chance telling Tommy, hey, come out. And then Tommy, the chain reaction started because we ended up getting two more golfers after that. And so that was that was a big thing. Tommy's a good enough athlete to where, you know, he could throw and catch and, and hit and swing, of course, swing a bat. And he immediately helped us out tremendously as soon as he stepped on the field. And I appreciate what you said about, you know, Jeff Tebbenkamp, the golf coach over at Greenwood, and, and you two working together to share those athletes and make sure this opportunity worked um, for the athletes. You know, Tommy, tell us a little bit about what you did enjoy about your baseball season. Um, and, and you went unexpectedly. You told me one time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out just a little bit here, that this was one of the best decisions that you've ever made was to be able to play baseball. And what, why do you make that statement? Well, I, I think it was just because, I mean, the coaches and um, – just everyone on the team has just made it so fun for me. And, like, with basketball, like, I'm super serious. And I mean, I have fun with that, too, like, all the time. But, like, this, like, this is something, like, I mean, I love winning. Just don't get me wrong. But I think it's just something where I can just go have fun, take a break. And, I don't know, just everyone on the team, just, we're all so close. And uh, the coaches just made it really fun for me. So It is nice. Um, yes. You know, one w- one thing with – athletes like this i i think it's good tim uh i think you'll agree with me on this athletes need to play as many sports as possible to get exposure to different coaches to different things and you know when that happens i think it makes them a better overall athlete you know tommy's getting ready to go into missouri state basketball and he's going to have some different experiences with those coaches uh, different drills different uh, you're going to get chewed out differently. You're going to get complimented differently. And I, I think that's a big part of being a multi-sport athlete. It is so important. Uh, I definitely am a fan of multi-sport athletes. I think it's extremely important to be able to do that. And it helps your total game. In your main sport, it definitely helps your total game. Um, you know, so let's talk just a little bit about um, some of the things that this coaching staff did. You know, you compliment them on bringing – you know, your team together. Um, and Coach Adams has said multiple times that um, this team is a family and that you have to treat each other like a family. Um, and he has also um, had a, a motto, if you will, or a theme of the season of holding the rope. And so t- I w- I'm going to ask Coach Adams a little bit about it, but I'd rather hear from the players uh, what does the phrase hold the rope mean to you after this season? Or you want me to go first? All right, so he showed us a picture of a guy and his friend, and one of them's hanging off a cliff, um, and the guy's holding him up, and, and he referred that to a movie, I'm pretty sure that he saw, uh, where a guy held on in, like, the freezing cold for, like, six hours maybe, and um, he I guess he finally let him go, and... Um, uh, but <laughs> towards the end, and then, but I think the dude survived. And uh, whenever they met back up with each other again, he just said, "Thank you for uh, holding the rope for me for six hours in the cold." And just, I think that what that means to us is, if any of us make a mistake, we're going to pick each other back up, and we're going to make up. The next person's going to make up for it. And like, if somebody strikes out, next next person up, go up and hit the ball. So I mean, just um, keep encouraging each other, and even ever. We uh, had a little bit of a slump, and we just uh, had to keep going. So, 
All right, Chance, you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. Like, I, it was, I forgot which game he told us or, like, showed us the hold the rope thing, but I remember we did not play very good that game, and it was just a really bad game overall. I think we had, like, 16 strikeouts or something. But I think it was the perfect timing where he really told us to hold the rope because if, if we didn't hold the rope after that, I think the season would have fell apart. We all have been down on ourselves, but after that, we all held the rope. I think we had a couple more bad games, but then we kind of cl- climbed back up, <clears throat> went 4-0 right before districts. But I think it really just showed us how much he cares, and we cared enough for him to hold the rope, and both the coaches hold the rope for us. And I, I can appreciate that. And holding the rope is one of my favorite stories. It was one of my favorite pregames that, that, that I used to use with my team, and it's, it's very powerful. So Coach Williams? You know, just, just to add to that, some of the guys on the team hadn't really been involved in a team sport. Uh, and in baseball, you have to realize not everybody's going to have a great game. Uh, you hope that one or two guys step up uh, and to be a star that game. So it was kind of let the guys know that, hey, if you're not having a good day, the guy that's carrying you today, pat him on the back because tomorrow might be your day. You know, every every day you play baseball, you got to have one or two guys step up, uh, and usually it's different guys. It's not usually the same guys. So, um, teaching the team aspect, I think, was big from the start, just to get them to understand that you're going to have to rely on some other people here. It's not it's not an individual sport. All right, holding the rope, Coach Adams. Anything to add? Yeah, you know, I I guess I need a bibliography on this because I I can't take credit as an original. <laughs> this is something that. You know, coaches steal uh, motivational right. speeches a lot, and uh, I've heard other other coaches, you know, talk about this and and been involved with it. And it's something that, you know, when you start talking about holding the rope for each other until you know you're hanging on to the guy until your hands start bleeding and your skin's rubbing off, and you know, this is something you get goosebumps. And you know, you you said you've heard it in a halftime speech or even used it in halftime speeches and things like that. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'd like to take credit for a lot of things. You know, teachers steal other teachers' ideas, and and but it's something that I think it was real important for us to you know keep the wheels on the bus and 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 keep it going in the direction that we wanted it to go. And I and I agree with you. I think that you know the the best coaches steal a lot of their motivational things, but also the very best coaches know when to use them. And you knew when to use it, just like Chance said. You knew what your team needed and you knew which one that they needed. So I appreciate, I commend you for that. Um, all right. Well, you know who holds my rope is my sponsors. And so we're going to take another quick break and uh, we will be right back here on a coach's perspective. I want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here with Chris Adams, Kim Williams, Travis Ricci, Tommy Pinnaker and Chance Rose on a coach's perspective. Welcome back to Coach's Perspective. This segment's sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. <laughs> Bill Grant Ford knows cars, trucks, SUVs, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey, hey, they will take care of you. Give them a call 
at 417-326-7671. We also appreciate West Logging at westlogging.com. Give Danny West a call for a free consultation. He will treat your land like his own. And we appreciate Craig Lehman as well with Shelter Insurance. So we're back here with um, Greenwood head coach Chris Adams. We have his uh, coaching staff, Tim, Tim Williams and Travis Sarici here, and players Tommy Pinnegar and Chance Rose. And, you know, we, we've been talking about beginning, a, a, you know, the first program. And to have the first season and also to build that, um, you know, that, that excitement and that celebration, you did a lot of really cool things as well. Tell us a little bit about how you celebrated some of the firsts on the team. Well, you know, first of all, you know, I think our success has to do with the players. We had better players than I think what we expected maybe. Uh, and, and that was a big part of it. I had, you know, a lot of friends say, you're going to go 0-19 and, you know, evidently they're still my friend. But, right. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people said that you're not going to win a game. And you went 12-7 and, seven and, and we, played for a district championship. Yes, yes. And so when we had our first couple of practices, you know, we realized, hey, we may be okay. But then the Jamboree got there, and we didn't perform very well in the Jamboree, and we started making adjustments uh, and, and and everything with that. So by the time we got to the first game, we had decided to celebrate everything and make it fun. We played games at practice as far as trivia games. We had prizes. We, you know, bunting. We put uh, different types of prizes on the field. They had to bunt the closest to the prize, won it. So we, you know, we made a lot of different things, uh, try to make baseball fun like it's supposed to be. You know, like the Sandlot, right? And uh, <laughs> and so, as far as celebrating, we want to make sure we celebrate the first hit, the first out, the first home run, the first win, and all of those baseballs are now in any in the Greenwood Trophy case. And they get to sign it. I mean, and that's history. I mean, so you know, for for example, Chance and Tommy are both. Um, you know, second generation Greenwood students, and if their kids come to Greenwood, you're gonna they're gonna be able to show that history. I was on the first baseball team um, at Greenwood, so so making that that history, what did that mean to you, Chance? I'm gonna start with you because you you were a big advocate to get this program going. Yeah, I remember I asked you like last part of my eighth grade year what I had to do to like start a baseball team, and you told me uh, get people to sign this petition, kind of or, like. Get people to Gotta sign it. Got to have players. Got to have players. And probably like 20, 25 people signed it. We ended up with like 12 players. So a lot of liars. But it does feel <laughs> it does feel really good to be a part of it. And especially with my cousin, it means a lot to me that he played. Just kind of more those moments we have together. And he's going on to Missouri State to play basketball. But it's still really cool. I'll be able to tell my kids and it makes this has probably been my favorite year of baseball ever because the teammates were so fun and the coaches made everything fun. It just means a lot to be a part of the first team ever. Tommy, you want to add to that? Well, yeah, I kind of like you said, everyone, uh, the staff and all the teammates made it fun for us. And I mean, I've been at Greenwood since kindergarten. So, I mean, uh, just, just to be a part of the team is just, uh, really cool and just uh, it'll be a cool thing to tell my kids and uh, I guess I was a part of the first team so I mean there's really nothing else to say but That's it's wonderful. pretty cool yeah that is wonderful 
All right. Well, you know, I want to ask, you know, the, the coaches a little bit too as well. And, and Coach Adams, I'll start with you. You know, you were a professional scout. Uh, you have worked with all levels of baseball. You know the game inside and out. And, um, you know, when I think about a professional scout that's sitting in the stands and is watching players at high school and college level, and you have to figure out if you want to endorse them to go to that next level, that professional level, what do you look for in those players? Um, to, so kind of take your, your hat a little bit off of being the, the Greenwood coach into you're sitting in the stands and endorsing. What do you look for for some of those players? First of all, if, you, if you're a scout and you're at a high school game, you've been told to go there. Right. Uh, there's a particular player that's on your list, that's in your area, that your boss has told you, go watch this guy. And so uh, when that happens and you know, you're, you're at this game, you're watching this one guy, but a lot of scouts will have a philosophy of, you know, I just don't want to watch this one guy. I want to, I want to find somebody else. And that's where you try to uh, maybe find someone that's going to catch your attention. Maybe someone that busts, busts their rear end getting on and off the field. Maybe they hit a pop-up on the infield and they are standing on second base by the time the ball lands. Someone that hustles, someone that you know does the right thing just to catch your attention. And then you start looking at them a little bit. And you know maybe he's not going to be a pro player, but maybe he's going to be someone that you can recommend to a college coach. Uh, so it's it's you know the fallacy of hey I'm driving along and I see lights on and I'm gonna stop at a baseball game uh, if I'm a professional scout that doesn't happen right I know where I'm going the next day I'm no I know who I'm gonna go, go see but I want to be able to fill out a report on not just that guy but maybe the catcher that did a great job of receiving or blocking or whatever uh, maybe a hitter went four for four and that you know what that that caught my eye. I need to maybe fill out a report on him and uh, track him. Maybe it's someone that is a freshman that I'm going to write their name down for future time. Right. And so, I mean, that's we're we're looking for extraordinary things. Of course, there's you know the arm speed and the bat speed and the running speed and you know just overall baseball ability. But you know, there's some other intangibles to this. I, I love the fact that you know you you led though with. Um with those intangibles. You didn't just talk about the sport specific skills right off the bat. You talked about the effort. You talked about the hustle. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about body language. What do you think about body language when you see players out on the field? Yeah. And, and, and going a little bit uh, before that, you know, pregame infield, if you're playing right field, that may be the only time we ever see you throw. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, you're playing right field, left field or wherever there may, may not be a ball hit to you the whole game. But that pregame infield is going to be very, very important. So you're even watching warm-ups. Oh, that, that's, yeah, pregame infield is very important for scouts. They will stop uh, what they're doing when pregame infield uh, takes place. They'll stop talking. They'll stop, you know, walking around, doing what they're doing. They'll, they'll watch uh, the pitcher warm-up. Uh, they'll watch pregame. And like I said, that's the only time we may see, be able to see you throw a ball. And, wow. you know, and, and – and as far as the other part that you said, there's also some turnoffs that will cross your name off the list if we see some negatives. Uh, if you're if you're going to throw the bat, if you're going to throw a helmet, if you're going to argue balls and strikes or out safe calls, you know that's that's a turnoff for a lot of people, and a lot of organizations will just you know uh, cross your name off the list and not come see you again. 
because of that. So, yeah, it, you know, a lot of factors go into this, uh, getting your name on the list for not only me as a, a bird dog or a part-time scout or, you know, we have to be able to, you know, say, hey, you, you need to go watch this guy uh, to our bosses. Right, right. And your, your credibility is on the line, too. If you're going to suggest some, something you're, or somebody, you're going to have to have your credibility on the line, and you can't endorse someone that, um, that has negative body language or negative sportsmanship. Yeah, and very much on with these guys sitting across the table here, uh, college coach calls. We are not going to lie to a college coach because our names are on these. Right. Yeah, you know, chance is hitting 600, but there's some other things involved with this. Right. How coachable is he? And and evidently, chance, I'm not as popular as I thought because you didn't even know who I was. Right. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> so, how coachable is Chance? Uh, I, well, I, I <laughs> used him as an example because he's sitting here. But <laughs> right. you know, ch- chance it, chance has uh, an opportunity to go on and play at the next level, and, and I would gladly recommend him right. to any college okay. coach. Whew, chance, we could have gone either direction on that, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put you two on the spot. You've had a lot of coaches in, in multiple sports, and um, so you don't necessarily have to talk about your baseball coaches. And, uh, um, you know, Tommy, we'll start with you. Uh, what makes a good coach? What is it that you like about just co- as a coach in general, what are you looking for to help motivate you as a player? Um, well, just just really caring about your players and I think having a good relationship with the players is really big and like going to do all the extra stuff like getting like teams together, maybe watching film, um, just like extra stuff like that and just really getting your team together and uh, just really caring about the players is really big part for me. Chance, what about you? What makes a good coach? Um, I mean, great coach. Like Tommy said, they really care. And I could tell uh, these coaches really care because they were always the first ones in the field. Coach Travis, if it rained, most likely we were going to play that day if we had a chance to play. He was always there at the field getting it ready. I don't know how he does it, but it was always <laughs> ready. The field was always great. And from day one, you could always tell these guys cared. And when a coach cares and you know they like care about you, you care about them and you want to do your best and do everything right and try your hardest just for them. Makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, Coach Williams and Coach Ricci, do you have anything to, to you know, to add to um, the coachability of players and the importance of that? Because I think that's something, you know, they obviously want coaches that care about them. Um, you know, how how do you do that? How do you build that relationship to where um, they you, they know that you are invested in them? Uh, you know, it's, it's different with every team uh, that you coach, but... You know, number one, I think you need to get to know these players on 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 not only a baseball level, but on a personal level. Uh, you know, Tommy came out. I didn't know Tommy. Never met Tommy until he came out for baseball. Uh, heard a lot about him through basketball. Uh, knew he was an athlete, but you know, just just learning how each player ticks. Each player is different. Uh, and I, I just think you need to get to know them on a little bit better level than just a baseball level, just uh, just a little bit more of a personal level, and and let them know that that you know you're you're there for them, not only for baseball, but but anything that happens in their life, you know, uh, good or bad, we, we we'll be a part of that too. I think that's great, and that differentiated motivation is really important. 
for coaches to understand. You know, you have to care about them, and part of caring about them is figuring out what motivates them. That's well. That's well said. And and Coach Sarici, you know, you had you had you know, we mentioned this earlier. You got to coach um, Trenton and Kennison this year. Um, you know, how did you take the dad hat off and and coach them as as players? Are you harder on them? Um, you know, how or do you try and just inside the lines compartmentalize? And you are the coach at that time. You know, one thing about like youth baseball that I always disliked was uh, the dad coaches. And I did coach my kids all growing up. And a big part of it was I'm still a dad coach. Uh, I do get that. I do understand that. Um, I just really worked hard to, uh, you know, when I seen something or did something with them to, um, you know, if it had to be said, I said it. But at the same time, I let Coach Adams, Coach Williams kind of uh, handle them. And, uh, you know, one thing I want to say about this team and just everything about these coaches and myself and the relationship was, uh, you know, some of the players on the team made coaching a lot easier because they lightened the mood. Uh, Tommy brought a great new uh, um, relaxation to the team that made it easier. Uh, There's kids on the team that were taking the kids – aside and saying, hey, look at this. This is how you do something. This is it. And there was a constant uh, routine of trying to improve the other players on the team by some of the more experienced, Chance, Trent, and, and Alex and these guys. So right. it, it's just been an unbelievable season once again. So Well, and, and it is uh, impressive whenever you do have, you know, the, the more skilled players, instead of shaming or snubbing some of the newbies, but jumping in and helping teach them. And that is something that I think was kind of a secret to to the successful season that you had. Um, I'm glad you brought that point up as well. Um, so, you know, the, the mental side of baseball, we were talking a little bit earlier, and I, I want to ask the coaching staff, any of you can jump in and answer this, but, you know, the mental side of baseball, is a li- it, it is different from a lot of sports. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you coach. Um, you know, I know that you've got the, you got the slip and slide for sliding. you got, you know, a lot of the sports-specific skills, but how do you help them with the mental side of the game and being ready to play? You know, we, we can have the best motiva- motivational speech ever, right. yeah, but it's still you're dealing with failure at the plate. You're dealing with, you're going to make an error. You're going to make a bad pitch. You're going to walk people. That happens in baseball, and you, we have to deal with it. And, that, and Coach Williams brought up the point where that's where you got to know, get to know the, the players and how to talk to them because there's going to be some guys that you can throw against the wall and get in them. And you know, just go at it really hard with a, with a speech. But then there's going to be some guys that you cannot do that with that don't respond very well to being chewed out. Right. And and we are still trying to figure out some of that as as we go through here. We got 19 games, and we're still trying to figure out some of <laughs> some of them because they're 17 years old. And, right. And we we have to figure out how to talk to each one of them about those situations and about how to you know. How to deal with the failure? You're gonna, like, like I said, you're gonna strike out a lot. You're gonna make outs in baseball, and uh, you know, hopefully, we we can get through them and find out uh, as quick as we can how to how to deal with it. Well, I commend you for doing that and that and finding that um, that differentiated motivation. And I, I think it's been a, a a very successful season, and I congratulate you all on making history at your school, um, Tommy. I wish you the best of luck at Missouri State in your basketball career, and and uh, we will keep tabs on you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. And Chance, you get you stay on the diamond this summer. You're going to play a lot of baseball. I know you got a lot of plans. Um, and keep being a great leader for this program. Thank you.
And Coach Zarichi, appreciate you being here as well and sharing your insights. Yes, thank you. And Coach Williams, I don't think that Coach Adams gave you a choice. He said show up at, <laughs> for the show, but I really appreciate you coming to the studio and being here with us today. Thank you for having us. And, and Coach Adams, very impressive first start. Congratulations on your first season at Greenwood. Thank you, thank you Coach. Uh, we're going we're gonna to move into our post-game talk, and that is sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction Company has been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E dot com for more information. Next week, we're going to have a dynamic duo of broadcasters. Don West and Mike McClure have been broadcasting games in this area, in this region, for a very long time. And they just hit game 1,000 this spring. And we're going to talk with them a little bit. All right, so now, you know, for our post-game talk. You know, change is hard. Starting something brand new is hard. You know, taking on the task of coaching and playing in a historical season is challenging. But compliments to Greenwood Baseball Program as they did it, and they did it right. They, as you heard Coach Adams say, they held the rope. Uh, what would I I'd like to challenge you with this week to do just that? I want you to examine your life and what it means to hold the rope. Holding the rope for your family and unconditionally loving and supporting them. Holding the rope for your peers and encouraging and motivating them and being there for them. Holding the rope for your colleagues and supporting and boosting them and making them better than they were the day before. Holding the rope for the sake of your character and your morals. It's not just a team motto. It is a lifestyle. Being a person that holds the rope is a person that embodies leadership, dependability, and reliability. Be that person that holds the rope because that is what champions do. And I remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.